the Lord, everybody. Amen. Praise God. I hope you're praying for Pastor. I hope everybody's praying for you, Pastor. Amen. It's through the prayer of the saints that helps the ministry. Paul, Paul was very open in all of his epistles to pray for us. Multiple occasions. Amen. And especially especially when the ministry is hurting. Amen. And I know each and every one of us, we all love our pastor. Amen. I want to see God heal him quickly. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I don't take it lightly to be here tonight. I appreciate, I th- I'm grateful that pastor has confidence in me to come and to preach. If you've got your Bibles, go to Romans chapter number 5. Those of you that came to the uh, anniversary service, you heard me make mention of this message that I'm about to preach tonight, but I hope you don't hold it against me. Amen. Praise God. I've been praying all evening, last evening and this morning, asking God for clear direction, and I feel like this is the way God has directed me this evening. Amen. Romans chapter number 5, beginning with verse number 6. Going through verse number 8. It says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. And verse 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us. But God, can you say that with me tonight? But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. And for a little while tonight, I'm going to ask you to lay your Bibles aside and and pray with me. But for a little while tonight, we're going to talk about this subject for a little while. But God, amen. Let's talk to the Lord. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, I come before you asking your anointing upon this place tonight. God, I pray, God, that you would anoint these lips of faith. God, that you would anoint my mind to say what you have placed upon my heart today. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would open our ears and we can hear what you have to say. God, I pray that you would let your glory be with us in a mighty way. Oh, come on, let's worship the Lord all across this sanctuary today. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I magnify you today, God. I worship you, Savior. I glorify you. Lord, we have come into this house tonight desiring to hear from you. Oh, let's let's worship the Lord tonight, church. Let's give him glory all across this place. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Great and mighty are you in all of your ways. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I I feel like somebody's come tonight looking for some direction in some situations tonight. Amen. Praise God. And I pray that God gives you an answer before we leave this house today. Amen. Praise the Lord. I can promise you that life is not fair in any situation. 
Amen. I, I wish sometimes I could, I could just say it's not fair and everything be okay. Uh, my children seem to think that's okay and it works fine. Uh, I've mimicked my pastor's words many times to my kids. Life's not fair, bud. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just don't work that way. Amen. But I have found that some, most of the time when God's involved, life is just. Life is just. Amen. If we're in, in his will, it will all come out for his glory. Amen. Seems no matter how many times we look at a situation in life and we try to figure it out and we try to plan certain things to just fall in place, sometimes and most of the time, in my case, I find that something went wrong with one of my, one of my steps. And, uh, and I have to sit back and say, why did it break? Why? I mean, even, even when I work, most of you know that I, I code for a living. I, I write code. I, I've developed programs for customers. And, and uh, as a developer, I don't know how many times I'll be sitting there and I'll put this thing all together. I will have had it written out on my notepad and have it all laid out, architected just perfectly with no flaws in that, in that design. And we ha I would have consulted, I've consulted Brother Josh on multiple occasions, and I've consulted my colleagues on multiple occasions, called my brother sometimes and just said, hey, can you tell me where I went wrong here in, in, in my architecture? And when I finally get it all planned out and I begin to put it together, inevitably I find something that I forgot to add to the plan. I don't care how many times I ask for help. I don't care how many people I ask for help. There's always the human factor that is involved. Every time. And I can promise you that almost every time, there's going to be something that doesn't work just right. Well, I can feel it. It's just like, well, preacher, you're just negative. Well, I'm just telling you the truth. I, I'm just telling you how li my life has been. Maybe, maybe your life hasn't been that way, but mine has. And I, I want to take you to the Scripture, and I want to show you a few things that I, I began to dig out and begin to realize. And, and uh, poor Brother Weems has got to hear me preach this again. I promise you it ain't going to sound the same. Um, but the fact is, I began, uh, Brother Rusty Sora was at my church preaching for me a few Sundays back, and he just said this one phrase, but God, and it stuck with me. And all I did was do a quick word search uh, that Sunday morning after church. And then I it just began to wear on me the rest of the week. And, I, and so I came to uh, my Wednesday night church service and I had this burning on my heart and I preached it. And, and uh, I, I, I've, somehow I've got to get this burden off my, my shoulders and I hopefully I can portray it in such a way that you can understand what I'm trying to say tonight. But God is always there no matter what we're going through, no matter where we're at in life, you will always find God standing around waiting for you to say, God, I'm done trying to do it myself. I need you to help me out. I have learned through my life that God is a gentleman. Never one time has he said, you need to stop doing what you're doing. And you need to let me help you out. He's been there ready and willing when I'm ready to hand it over to him. 
but he never forces me. He never forces me. He never takes it out of my hands and says, let me have it. He's standing there waiting, but he never forces me to give it to him. Hallelujah. I began to study on this, just this one little phrase. I put in quotation marks in my Bible's app. It, it, you have to put quotes in there if you wanted to look for that, that specific statement. And so that's all I did was put but God in there. And it brought up a whole lot of examples. And uh, I think I'm going to go through all of them. I think it'll only take about four hours, four and a half hours to get done. It's going to be all right, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do all of them. But I do want to do a few. I want to go through a few of these examples. Some of y'all ready to just pull out a, a blanket and a, and a pillow and just roll over and go to sleep on me. Amen. Bear with me for a moment. I'm going to go slow for just a few moments. But let me get to where I'm going to go here this evening. Amen. I, the, first, the first instance that I found this phrase, but God, in the scripture was there uh, in Abraham's journey. And Abraham journeyed uh, and he went to a place called Gerar. And uh, they went down into the city and Abraham and his wife put together this, this elaborate plan. And Abraham said, Sarah, you're, you're, you're beautiful and I don't want to lose my, my life, and I don't want to lose my wife. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go down to this place, and we're going to tell them that you're my sister. Because I don't want them to kill me when they find out that I'm your husband, because then they'll kill me for your sake, because they want you. And so they put this plan together that, that she's going to be called his sister. So they went down to uh, Gerar. I'm probably not even saying that right. But anyhow, they went down to the city. And the king there, King Abimelech, saw Sarah. And uh, she was introduced to him as Abraham's sister. And Abimelech took her, intending to take her as his wife. And what came to my attention was, even though Abraham had decided, I've got this beautiful plan, nothing's going to go wrong with it, we're going to go down to this town, everything's going to be just fine, then everything just blows up in his face. And his wife was taken from him anyways. And they took, him in, took her into the house, and he was intending to take her for his wife, and and all of a sudden, they had gone to sleep that night, and God showed up. And verse number three says, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. And Abimelech woke up the next morning and went to Abraham and said, why did you lie to me? Take your wife and get on out of here. But, but my whole point here is, God didn't owe it to Abraham to protect him and his wife. God didn't owe it to Abimelech to save his life and, and, and to wake him up in the night and say, hey, you've got another man's wife sitting in your house. 
that you intend to take. But God stepped on the scene and saved a marriage. He saved a life. And and, and I can tell you today, just like he did back then, he can still save marriages. He can still save lives. If you will let God just step in and you can write in your book somewhere, in your diary somewhere, but God stepped in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We find uh, Jacob's life. Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob got himself into all kinds of crazy situations. Uh, Finally, Jacob went to his uncle Laban's house, uh, and he was taken advantage of uh, time and time again. uh, And he's talking to his wife, uh, and I assume that she thinks that her dad had just blessed Jacob with all of these things. But Jacob looked at her, and he said, and Genesis chapter 31 verse 7 he said and your father hath deceived me and he changed my wages 10 times but God Jacob sat back and realized he said I'm dealing with a, a horrible man I'm dealing with an uncle that don't care about me I'm dealing with an uncle that all he cares about is his well-being he could care less if he destroys my life in the, in the meantime. But God stepped into his life and God made Jacob prosperous. Hallelujah. We can go on to Genesis chapter number 50. And you can, you can actually, we need to back up a little bit before Genesis 50. And you can begin to read about Joseph's life. Joseph was Jacob's, one of his youngest sons. And Jacob's brother, sons came back and told their dad, Jacob, Joseph is dead. Joseph lived a life that was horrible. Most of us know the story. If you don't I'm just going to try to bring it down in, in a small synopsis here really quickly because I've got some other place I want to be at tonight uh, but the fact is Joseph uh, went through he, he, he was thrown into a pit to die by his own brothers then his oldest brother came back and picked him up and sold him into slavery so he wouldn't have Joseph's blood on his hands and then they went back and lied to their father and said that Joseph was dead And then Joseph, next thing we find out about him, he was bought by Potiphar. And he was put in Potiphar's house. And he was doing great. Uh, Potiphar put all of his trust in Joseph. Uh, In fact, the Bible says that, that there was nothing that Potiphar held back except for his wife from Joseph. Amen. And one day, he was lied on again. But Potiphar's wife, she said, this man tried to do some not so wonderful things to me. And so now Joseph had been thrown into a pit to die. He had been taken and sold into slavery by the same brothers that threw him in the pit. He was brought into slavery and Potiphar bought him and he became a prized servant. But next thing he knows, he's not sitting in the in the, in, the, in the high seat in Potiphar's house anymore. He's thrown into prison for something he did not do, Brother Nick. And he sat there in prison for years. Even after the butler and the, and the, and the chef came and, and they came and, and, and uh, Joseph had, had uh, 
uh, interpreted their dreams and their dreams came out just like they should have. And, and as they went back to the king, uh, amen, he, he told them, he said, don't forget about me when you come before the king. But guess what? They forgot. You ever been forgotten? Me too. But you know what? Joseph didn't let that stop him. He kept on doing what he had to do. He became, he was favored in the prison. He made the best out of the prison house. And because he made the best out of the prison house, one day, guess who had a dream? Pharaoh had a dream. And all of a sudden, that guy that forgot all about Joseph said, oh, I remember there's a guy that told me a dream that had troubled me. But he's back in the prison house. And Pharaoh called Joseph. And before it was all said and done, and Joseph had interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh, Joseph was now second in command. He went from the prison house to being second in command only to Pharaoh. But something happened. And I don't know if you remember. I didn't make mention of it tonight. But I don't know if you remember. But Joseph had some dreams of his own when he was a young boy. That's what got him in trouble with his brothers. Because he was arrogant. I got my own opinions for why he had to go through what he had to go through. We're not going to go down that road tonight. But Joseph had some dreams that he felt like God had given him some promises. When he was real young. And all of a sudden those, those dreams became reality one day. Because he knew that in those dreams. It meant that his family one day would bow down before him. And it just so happened that one day when the famine came about. It covered all of the land. Even where his family was sojourning. And as they were there. They had they heard heard that Egypt had plenty of food. So they went to Egypt, and Joseph saw his brothers in the midst of everybody else. Amen. And a lot of things transpired. We don't have time to go into all of it. But when it was all said and done, Joseph had moved his entire family to the land of Goshen. And they were there. He was able to be there when his father passed away. And in Genesis chapter number 50, this is after Jacob had passed off the scene and had blessed Manasseh and Ephraim, that Joseph's brothers became very distraught because they realized something. Brother Andrew, their brother that they had done all these horrible things to, now had the ability, Brother Nelson, to wipe them off the face of the earth. All he had to do was say the word. And these boys began to bite their fingernails to the quick. And they began to talk amongst themselves. And they were worried that they were about to lose their lives because they said Joseph was waiting for daddy to die before he takes revenge. And they came to Joseph and begged forgiveness and this is what Joseph responded to them. But as for you, you thought evil against me. <laughs> you thought 
that you were going to destroy me because you didn't like what I said about my dreams. But God put me through some situations that made me realize, hey, life's not fair, but when it's all said and done, I've got to learn, hey, I'm nothing when it's all, when it's all, when the big picture comes out. I, I'm nothing but a pawn that God's moving around. And he said, but, for, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Hallelujah. You thought uh, you were going to destroy me, uh, but God had something else planned out. I didn't know. I didn't like what I was going through. Uh, I didn't like the things that I had to go through, uh, but God had a plan from day one uh, until today, uh, and I'm not going to avenge myself upon, upon you boys, uh, but I'm going to thank God for what he has done. Hallelujah. I could go on and on and on, and I don't want to, uh, to uh, uh, prove my children wrong when they say every time I go to Olathe, I preach much longer than I do at home. So I'm going to try to cut it down. Because I feel like God wants to do something in this place tonight. I don't know what you're facing, my friend. But I can promise you, you can have a but God moment in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can tell you, this old preacher, boy, he was, yeah, I was battling back and forth in my mind. I was going back and forth. I feel like it was the devil after I began to stand on this platform. I was going back and forth. Oh, you're just trying to get the easy way out. Preaching a message you've already got constructed. You're just trying to just do it the lazy way. But pastor, I prayed and I asked God, God, I want to say what you want me to say tonight. And he said, I want you to go to that church and I want you to tell that people there's a factor in your situation that you forgotten about did you come to church tonight hallelujah there's a factor in your situation that you've forgotten about be seated I don't know how many situations I found myself in I've tried to fix it. I've tried to set things out so that they will work out just right. But something wasn't just right, Brother Nelson. I had forgot to put the God factor into my equation. You could go on. We could talk about Egypt being brought up out of. Uh, uh, we could talk about the Israelites being brought up out of Egypt. They began to cry out to God. And God sent a man. But then those people begin to question day in and day out. I don't think, Moses, you're the man God sent. It's not going right. We're still here. We, we've seen five, six, seven, eight plagues hit the Egyptians, but we're still here. Are you sure you're the one that God sent? But one day... That death angel went through Egypt and began to take out the firstborn of every house that didn't have the blood applied to it. And the next thing you know, Pharaoh's calling Moses and he said, get your people and get out of here. 
doing to my kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so you see the children of Israel, they're heading out. I don't know why I talk about the children of Israel every time I come. But here I am again. And you find them. And they're heading out in the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And then all of a sudden they look behind them. And there's an enemy. And there's a dust cloud. And there's chariots coming after them. I don't have a scripture that says, but God in this situation. But I can tell you, but God spoke to Moses. And he said, you hold your staff up over the Red Sea. And he split the Red Sea in half. And he dried up the ground. And the people walked across on dry ground. And then all of a sudden, their enemy came pursuing them into the Red Sea. But God stepped in again. And he said, Moses, stretch out your your staff. And God closed the Red Sea upon the enemy. Hallelujah. I could go in depth uh, about the time that Jesus, uh, after he had been teaching all day long, uh, and all of a sudden uh, they went across the red, the, 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 the sea uh, to, to another shore called the shore of Gadara. And when they made it to the other side, there was a man there. The people of Gadara. The Bible said they tried to catch this man so many times. They tried to bind him with chains, and he broke the chains. They tried to tie him down, but he kept getting away because that old nasty devil was driving him mad, and he was he was going, and he and he, he couldn't control himself. But let me tell you something: that man that was full of legions of devils, he, he, he the Bible doesn't say, but God, but something happened. But Jesus stepped foot on that shore that day, and guess what? That man he took off running, and he fell at the feet of Jesus, and he began to cry out for mercy. It was a factor. It was a factor that the people of Gadara hadn't put into the equation. They didn't realize that when they put God into that equation, all of a sudden that man was loosed from at least, at least 2,000 devils. But God, but God, but God, you with me tonight? But God, but God. <laughs> <laughs> but God, I'm thankful. Don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for what God did for them people back then. I am. I'm thankful because it tells me what God can do right now. Do you believe it's the same God that, that delivered the Israelites that is in this sanctuary tonight? Do you believe it's the same God that said, let there be, and there was? Romans 5, our text tonight said, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7 said, For scarcely 
For a righteous man will one die. Brother Nelson, you're right here. You're a big fella. And uh, I'm sorry, you just catch my eye every time I look up, so that's why I keep picking on you. But if somebody were to come in here and they were to put a gun to my head, you didn't know me from Adam. I don't want you to answer. Because I believe you would. But if he were to put a gun to my head and tell you something that you need to do, or they're going to blow my brains out, would you do that for me? Paul said, scarcely for a righteous man will a man die. Scarcely, I want to believe I would die for everybody in this room. I'd do my best to protect you, I can promise you that. But since my family's not here, I would do my best. Well, my mom and dad are here. I'd make sure that they were taken care of. I don't know about my sisters. <clears throat> I got a lot of grudges right there. <laughs> I am just kidding. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. But Paul's told the Romans, he said, for scarcely for a righteous man. Jerome, will a man die? Amen. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Yeah. <laughs> some, some good men may possibly dare to die. For those of you sitting in this room tonight. But God... Oh, you ain't getting what I'm saying tonight. Oh, for scarcely would a righteous man dare to die. And for some good men, they may, they may die for you. But verse number eight says, but God commended his love toward us. How? In that while I was a sinner. I wasn't even righteous. I was a sinner. Oh, I was a sinner, but yet he died for me. But God, but God, but God. love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us you've got to understand that without this but God moment in your life you're not going to see the things that you want to see happen in your life 
face judgment one day. And if we don't have this but God moment in our life, we're not going to be able to walk on those streets of gold. Without this but God moment, we're not going to hear the master say, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. But God, while I was a sinner, while I was a sinner, he commended his love toward me in that while I was a sinner, he died for me. He died for me. He died for me. Oh, you're not hearing me tonight. He died for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's love the Lord here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, life's not fair, I can promise you that. But let me tell you something, there is a God who died for your soul upon Calvary. While you were a sinner, he died for you. Hallelujah, who can forgive sin but God? Who can forgive sin but God, Mark 2 says. Luke 5 and 21 says, And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But God alone. I'm thankful tonight that I had a but God moment in my life one day. Not just once, uh, not just twice, uh, but every day I get up, I say, God, let me write in my diary one more time. I was facing a situation, uh, but God, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Let me ask you a question. If while you were a sinner... He died for you. What changed when you became a righteous man? What changed when you became righteous? Did God change? Did God change? No, because my God is the same yesterday, today. And forever. And if he would die for me while I was a sinner, how much more would he take care of me in a righteous state? Being filled with the Spirit. (sighs) Hallelujah. After a but God moment, your life's not the same. After a but God moment, your life's not the same. I think it's safe to say that Jacob had a but God moment at Bethel. But Joseph, Jacob also had another but God moment when he wrestled with that man across the brook. He was changed at Bethel. 
He realized God was watching over him at Bethel. But he had a life-changing experience again when he wrestled with the angel. Come on. Come on. It's not enough. It's wonderful that you got the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for it. I thank God that he filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I was able to write it 10 years old. But God, he washed away all of my sins. He, he took and he, he forgave me of everything that I've ever done. And, and he's held me on this many years. But I can promise you I've had more than just that one 10-year-old experience with God. I found a place to talk with the Lord. I found a place. Even as late as last, as early last night, and I cried out to God, God, change me. <laughs> oh, but God, but God, but God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, preacher, but I'm doing everything I know how to do. Well, that's what the church of Corinth said too. But Paul responded in chapter 3, verse 6 of 1 Corinthians. He said, I have a planted. Apollos has watered. But God gave the increase. But God gave the increase. Let me tell you something, church. I don't care how much you put in. Don't stop. Because I can promise you, the more you plant, the more you water, the increase is coming. Because it's just the law of the harvest. Oh, it's just the law of the harvest. Hallelujah. 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 But, my God, but, my God, shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. Hallelujah. And as I began to ponder this today, and this other scripture came to mind. And I'm closing, Sister Rebecca, if you can come. I told you I didn't want to take very long because I feel like God's moving on our hearts right now. Hallelujah. But God, but my God, but my God shall supply. You need something from my God tonight. He's in this house right now. And he's willing and he is ready to supply all your need. According to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3 and verse number 16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by this by his spirit in the inner man that tells me he doesn't want just a superficial relationship or, or I think the right word is acquaintance with you he doesn't want to be just an acquaintance. 
I know Brother Nelson's name. I know who he is. Brother Nelson, you and I don't have a relationship. You're my acquaintance. But Dad, you're not my acquaintance. You're somebody I have a relationship with. You're somebody that I know if I need help at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I can dial his number. You know what? I can dial his work number. Burton Fletcher. Put in extension 5151. Or what's the other one? 2000. 3000. And tell him I want to talk to Jerry Hilton. Now go find him. And I'll look, I'll tell him, Dad, I'm in a bad place right now. I need you. You know what? I've done it once. You know what? I might call Brother Nelson and he might show up. But I'll call my dad and I know he'll be there, Pastor. Because I have a relationship. It goes beyond just the surface. I know I can do the same to my father-in-law, my pastor. Because I have a relationship. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. I'm not just talking about an emotional experience once in a while. I'm talking about a time in an altar call where you say, I need an answer right now. And I don't care if I hear all my friends and all my family around me having a great time. I'm going to stay in this altar I have a but God moment tonight because it's his desire according to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 that he wants to give you strength according to his riches and glory and he wants to do it to the inner man Brother Nick, that don't happen in five minutes. That don't happen in just even 30 minutes. I'm sorry if that crosses your theology. I didn't gain a relationship with my spouse because of five-minute conversations. Nor was it 30-minute conversations. I can remember the nights my little sister would come in and she would just sit, sit, look at me and she would say, you're not even talking to her. 
You're not saying a word. But just to know that she was right there on the other side of the phone. Look, I didn't have a long distance relationship. She was 15 minutes away from me. Every single day. Almost every single day. But we talked. And sometimes we just listened to each other breathe on the phone. As crazy as it sounds. But we will have been married for 14 years in February because, Pastor, I took time and invested in a relationship with my wife. The Bible calls us the bride of Christ. And Ephesians 3 said that he wants to strengthen the inner man with might by his spirit. In verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. In love. Brother, Brother Weems and I talked about this more than once now. Rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. That tells me he wants me to explore his greatness. He wants me to take time just to devote myself to him for some time in his presence. In verse 19, and it says, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth all knowledge, above that ye might be filled with all the fullness <laughs> that you may be filled with all the fullness of God that you my friend that is here tonight seeking direction in your situation may be filled with all the fullness of Christ and verse 20 said, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above everything we could ask or think. But how? According to the power that worketh within us, God is able. I said, God is able. I said, God is able. Are you willing to insert God into the equation tonight? Can we stand this evening? Are you willing to say, all right, I'm going to rethink why I'm going at this situation, and I'm going to allow God to come into this equation?
And when I leave this house tonight, I'm going to write in my book, but God did it again. But God did it again. He filled me with all of his fullness. And he was able to come and to supersede what I was expecting. Oh, is that you, my friend, tonight? Are you seeking direction? Are you seeking his help? Why don't you find a place to pray? Why don't you reach out to him tonight?